Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. It's Christine Jewell. And we are here, and today we are talking about rebuilding trust um, after it's been broken, rebuilding trust and creating forward momentum. How do we begin to heal? How do we begin to restore? How do we begin to rebuild and put things back together after those pieces have been shattered, after our hearts been broken, after we feel like maybe we have been walking on grenades and we don't know what to expect? So I know that um, it could be a very terrifying place to be, not only inside of an intimate relationship, obviously that it cuts us to our core, but in any kind of relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's on a team, I mean, this is a conversation I've had with, you know, CEOs and founders as, as they talk about inside of their organizations and within their teams. It's a conversation I have with many couples that I work with, with men and women. Again, a lot of the people that I work with, a lot of people that probably are listening to the show maybe have if you're human, you've experienced some form of betrayal in your past. A lot of the people that I work with are similar backgrounds to me have come through some sort of hard separation, right? Or a divorce or have had this pain in the past. And we know that if we don't heal, if we don't heal the pain of the past and we don't restore and do the work of not only healing those wounds, but coming back to and normalizing a new operating system, we end up repeating those patterns over and over again. So today, I want to kind of break it down into two sections. Number one is what about the person that broke the trust? So if for the, you know, for, for context, today's podcast, I'm using an example of an intimate relationship, maybe a marriage where trust has been broken. Maybe there's been an affair. Maybe there's been emotional or physical um, cheating or going outside of the affair or out of the relationship. Or maybe trust has been broken in other things. It could be financial matters. It could be promises, right? Things said, things done, things not said, things not done, right? So it doesn't have to be this like huge thing that breaks our trust. Anytime we enter into an agreement with someone, right? We have these covenants. We have these agreements that we make. And we enter into these agreements with expectations, with dreams, with hopes of how things are going to be, how things are going to go. And then we become shattered when, you know, those hopes and dreams don't pan out. Somebody doesn't see things the way they, that we saw them, or, you know, something really shatters us like maybe, you know, an affair or something like that. And again, I want to say, it doesn't have to be something like extreme as that, um, but often these are the things that I deal with. And just to give you some backstory. So it's like, what makes you qualified to talk about this? First of all, I want to throw it out there that I am not a therapist. I am not a psychologist. I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not any ist of that nature. As I share these things on this podcast, I'm truly sharing from a huge amount of my own life experience. If you've known my backstory, I'm not going to go into it today. 
But, you know, my story is one where there was a lot of betrayal growing up. It was pretty much normalized in my home. I grew up in a house where cheating, affairs, you know, going outside of the marriage, feeling betrayed as a, you know, as a woman in relationship, I witnessed my mom. I also felt very betrayed by what was happening as a child. And a lot of those patterns and programs that I lived and experienced in my body began to know as the experience, we know how that works, right? We repeat them throughout our life. So that pattern became very prevalent in every relationship that, that I entered into moving on for decades, where there was just a history of porn addictions on, you know, the masculine end and, you know, using my sexuality for attention and manipulation and control because I had a distorted relationship with the feminine and beauty and how to, how to even use it, how to trust my own beauty. So there was a lot of, there was a lot, right? There was a lot of backstory there where I just didn't trust the masculine. I didn't trust the feminine beauty. There wasn't any trust. In fact, there was a lot of distortion, a lot of competition, a lot of fear of, of, myself, my own sex, and certainly the opposite. So these patterns kept playing out in my life. And, you know, ultimately what we fear, we manifest, right? It manifests in our life. It comes to pass or what we, you know, the patterns that we keep repeating, just we keep recreating the same thing. That's why I say, if we do not heal and break these chains today, you know, we're going to just keep repeating the same old thing. It might be a different name. It might be a different outfit, right? But we are going to keep reliving Groundhog Day over and over again. If somebody doesn't break the cycle, and I believe if you're listening to this, it's because you are called to break the cycle. And if we don't show, show our children and give them an experience of what it looks like to have trust broken, which is going to happen in their life, but also to rebuild it, then we eventually pass the work on to them. So the first order of business, that's that's my qualification. What makes me qualified to talk about it is I am someone who lived it for decades, who knows it well, and have gone through the fire of refinement, the healing of the wounds to restore my own relationship and learning to trust the masculine men learning to trust God, learning to trust the feminine, learning to rebuild trust and intimacy and connection and relationship. And today that is obviously the work that I do with my clients as, as a coach and a mentor and a guide. So, you know, I want to, I want to move on. And, and so that's, that's my qualifier life experience. Right. And to be honest, if I'm going to listen to someone, I would love to listen to someone who's lived it, who's been there, who's walked before me. And that's why I feel compelled to share my stories, my insight with you guys. And obviously it's also collected from many, many case studies that I, that I collect and observe through my own um, client journeys. So I want to talk about the person that broke the trust. Okay. We're going to break it down into two things. The first one is going to be, what about the person who broke the trust? How does he or she begin to rebuild, um, rebuild trust, right? And the second thing I want to talk about is the one whose trust has been broken. The one who is, you know, sitting there shell shocked, wondering what on earth just happened. Right. So let's go with the first one first. I, I put out, I put out a reel the other day about this and it was amazing. The feedback that I got right away on it. And so I knew this was a hot topic, but if you are the one that broke the trust, if you are the one who, you know, did the thing and you know, if you're the one, right. And maybe you did it once, maybe you did it a hundred times, but it is 100%, right. It's a hundred percent your responsibility to get busy on the rebuilding process. I hear this 
consistently across the board all the time. How do I get him or her? How do I get her to trust me? How do I just get her to trust me again and just move on, right? Well, first of all, you're not going to get anyone to do anything because that would be forcing. That would be some sort of manipulation. And that's not how we roll. So if you're like trying to get someone to just do something and move on, then we got some work to do. A better question, a better thing to lean into is how am I showing up, right? As a trustworthy person day in and out, how am I consistently showing that I am someone who can be trusted, right? Who is worthy to be trusted, who is safe to be around. We have to reestablish safety. So the first step here is to recognize full ownership. You know, extreme ownership says I am a hundred percent responsible for that. There is a very strong temptation to begin to be like, well, I did that because you weren't there for me. And I did that because you don't give me enough affection. And I did that because, you know, you've been absent in the marriage and you, and that may be true, right? That may be true. We're not neglecting that. We're not avoiding that. We're not, we're not uh, saying that's not true. There may be a host of reasons why you did the thing or why you felt compelled. But at the end of the day, the behavior itself, right, is not ideal. The behavior itself is maybe like, we'll use the word wrong, um, but something was done that actually broke the trust. And so radical ownership says, I own this. I did this. I made this decision. I engaged in this behavior and I'm going to own it a hundred percent, period. So, you know, again, I want to be really clear that where we miss on this, you guys that are listening and women, is that we we are so ashamed, we're so embarrassed that we're automatically maybe we're we're confessing, or we get caught, or you know whatever the thing is, and we already start defending, we start justifying, right? So here's the second thing here. Number one is radical ownership, saying I did this, I fully own it. Period. The second piece is I'm an open book, right? I will no longer be hiding my emails, my phone, my schedule, my whatever, my feelings, my thoughts, my whatever the details are around this, right? And um, and again, it doesn't always have to be sexual. I mean, I had a lot of broken trust around financial things in my first marriage where we had made agreements on how we would be handling money or big financial decisions that we were making. And I was devastated to find out that they were totally mishandled and the very things that I was promised were taking place were not taking place, right? And so I was shocked. So the open book says like, okay, I am here ask me anything, right? And we create the space to actually let the other person ask us the questions that they need in order to begin to process this information, which a lot of times, if you're the one that broke the trust, you've probably been like living in this knowing and this conviction and this guilt and this heaviness and like, oh, all the pain and the shame and, you know, the worry about what if they find out and, or maybe you have just been sticking your head in the sand, like an ostrich thinking, well, we'll never know, right? Um, but living in hiding is always very, very heavy. And, um, I work with, you know, a lot of the work I do is with people that, I mean, we're, we're humans, right? We hide, we hide when we're ashamed, we're hide when we're embarrassed, we hide when we're not proud of our behavior or we're out of alignment, right? We feel, um, yeah, out of integrity, phony, hypocritical, right? We're, we're saying one thing, we're living another existence. 
So this, this open book that says, I'm going to just like allow myself to be fully naked, fully revealed, fully vulnerable. It's terrifying. Right. And that requires a, an incredibly courageous heart and an incredible heart of devotion. Um, that says, you know what, I'm going to make this right. And so I think like, ultimately it does come back to, to the power of love and um, love for your partner, love for the mission, love for God that says, you know what, God, I'm going to make this right. And so I'm going to get naked here for a minute and it's going to be awkward and it's going to be really uncomfortable and it's going to be necessary because when we are naked, ultimately that is when love can pour in. So this is, again, is a place where I see a lot of people missing the mark. They'll divulge just a piece, right? Just enough to kind of like let the pressure off the guilt cooker that says, well, I already told them and that's enough, right? And, and I've been there. I've been on the receiving end of this. And I've also been on the delivering end of this where it's like, I'll just tell you enough to make me feel better, but not fully to clean the slate. And so we're still carrying the burden. We're still hiding. There's still a lot of hiding and it's a lot of heaviness that's still going on inside of us, which ultimately creates a wall um, that does not allow love and intimacy and connection to penetrate. So the second piece of that was, am I being an open book and really communicating in a way that says, I will do whatever it takes to restore and rebuild and honor the process of this rebuilding, right? Especially those of us who are quick starts, high achievers, we're like, okay, I made a mistake. Whoops, like it's over. I'm not gonna do it again. Like, let's just get over it and move on. And we have a high disregard for the process of grief. I didn't even know what that was. Like I had been holding on and harboring so much pain, so much loss, so much hurt from things said, things done. And I never, I never realized how much my body, my heart, you know, um, never was allowed to grieve. I didn't even like give myself the time, the space. Um, I didn't understand that. Right. And there's a process to grieving that, which allows us to move all of this, you know, information and pain. And so that we can like turn it into something, the ashes that we can rebuild from. It also allows a space for compassion and empathy to come in that says, you know, I feel I don't, I may not be on the receiving end of this right now, but I, you know, can empathize with feeling betrayed or feeling afraid or feeling angry. And these are all emotions. If you're human, you're feeling it. So we're getting to actually allow the space for the grieving to happen for compassion and empathy to set in, right? The, the space to actually seek to understand, right? By asking questions, we're allowing the other person to, to begin the process of acceptance and understanding, right? Let me understand, right? And you're also saying like, let me understand what you're feeling. Help me understand. And again, it's the way I'm positioning it right now, it sounds like, oh, it's such a great conversation. It's going to go smooth. I mean, I'm not going to say this is going to be roses and sunshine because, you know, it may, there may be a lot of pain. There may be a lot of anger, um, but we get to create a space that allows like a safe container for this stuff to be communicated. So I want to go back to, again, if you are the one who broke the trust in a relationship, I wanted to give you some very practical, tactical things so that we can begin to reestablish that safety. And the first order of business is radical ownership. 
like I said, it's I'm a hundred percent responsible and really like check your gut when you say it, right? If there's even an ounce of defensiveness dripping from you, check your gut, check your heart. And let's, you know, make sure because our tone matters, right? Our body position matters when we say these things. And then let's create a safe space. Let's create a space. And what I mean by that is, um, it, like, let's actually carve out a time, a space, a location where we're going to be able to go in. And that could look like, you know, uh, with a therapist, a session with a therapist or a counselor, it can look like, you know, taking some time to go away for a drive or, you know, go sit, book a hotel room or, you know, sit in a different room of your house, but there's intention to saying, you know, we're going to create the time and the space, the container, basically where we can come in and we can have these conversations so that it doesn't sort of like pour out all over the place every day. Like you're blowing up, you know, your text is blowing up and your emails blowing up and you, there's no safe zone. So we want to create a safe zone for both of you, right? We get to, it, the safe zone is definitely for the person who's been hurt, but also for you, because when you're getting naked and you're getting that vulnerable and you're sharing this stuff, it's also very like extremely terrifying, right? For the person that is divulging and opening up which is ultimately going to be the breakthrough point in the relationship. So the safe zone is there to protect both people, right? And, and I would suggest that we put some, some buffers around this. So there's like a start time and an end time, and we can be gentle with what that looks like. But again, it's, it's honoring the process, right? So when I think about that, that sacred container, it's honoring the space for it. Like we're not just going to start talking about this at the family table when the kids are there or on the way to a kid's soccer game. And we're not going to talk about this just passing in the office. Right. And again, I'm going to say, like, I'm talking about couples here, but also very real. I've had many conversations recently with leaders that I've had a people in their organization and maybe it's key players, or maybe it's, um, you know, a, a shock inside of the organization where someone said something, did something, left the company, you know, and left a mess and said a lot of things that broke a lot of trust and created a lot of chaos. And so the same thing applies if inside of any living unit that is relational. And at the end of the day, we are relational beings. And I believe that everything we do, almost everything we like is human to human. It's relationships, right? So I just wanted to say that. Let's let's move into the place of like, well, what about the one whose trust was broken? Um, what about the one whose trust was broken? And the one that is hurting, the one that is like completely in shock right now going, how could you do this to me? And again, whether you're being, you know, a bomb just dropped on you or if it's something maybe you've been suspecting for a, a while and you're just like, whoa, what would happen? You know, I still say like we still have 100 percent responsibility. And what I mean by that is, you know, we have a responsibility to not stuff everything down try to hide it, try to be like, oh, it'll be fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know, because a lot of times we do this, right? We feel we're so embarrassed that it happened to us or we're embarrassed that we missed it, that it can go one of two ways. We can blow up and get angry and right. Like be very leaning in, or we can just kind of like ourselves fall into this place of shame that becomes very heavy where we start hiding and we start 
hiding our true emotions and we start, you know, we're not allowing ourselves to actually go through the process because we're just pressing forward. You know, I'm just going to like put on my smiley face and, and press on for the kids. I'm going to put on my smiley face and press on and pretend this doesn't really bother me. And, you know, it is a bit of a, a coping mechanism, but this is a time for us again, to, to be real, to be raw, to be open and give ourselves the you know, the space to feel everything we're feeling. I was, I was recently speaking with someone and I just, and I, again, I say this a lot. So I, you know, I say this a lot is like, have you given yourself the space to get this out of your system? Right. And I say this for all emotions, but if it's anger or whatever, you know, go for a drive and yell and scream and cry. Like if you need to cry, like cry it out, right? Like, but you, all of this stuff is inside of us and it's got to come out, whether we journal it, whether we write it out, whether we punch it out on a bag, but we want to move this emotional, like energy that's building up and we move it in a, a bunch of different ways. Movement is super powerful. So if you're someone that's like in a shell shock, the worst thing to do is just sit there and like, not move and not do anything, but actually to keep moving, get up, get up, you know, let's, let's walk, let's move, let's drive, let's cry, let's talk about it, let's journal about it, let's pray about it, and be in motion with it. And obviously, yes, you're going to have these, these feelings of exhaustion as well, which is then rest, right. But the first thing there is, you know, being open and asking the questions, like what questions do you need to ask to find that, that certainty again, or to feel like, okay, I have some level of clarity again, right? Because it can be incredibly unnerving to be on the receiving end. And again, whether we're talking about inside of a family or a friendship, you know, and I, this is the same, you know, advice or insight I would share to one of my teenage kids who's maybe in their relationship or in a, in a friendship group, or, you know, I'm talking to a lot of adults right now, obviously on this podcast, but like, let's ask the questions that we need clarification on without feeling bad that we're asking the questions without being ashamed, right? And just honor the process. And, and, you know, that is so key. So again, if we have created that safe space, this requires a level of emotional maturity and emotional intelligence that says, I'm not going to just barge in the room, scream, yell, throw things, whatever, but I'm going to prepare myself to also sit down. And this requires, again, I'm going to say that, like being able to contain yourself enough that you're able to ask the things in a way that actually moves things forward, right? And honor the process, right? Trust, trust is to be rebuilt over time. I think sometimes we think we're gonna snap our fingers and then we're just like, okay, well, they apologize. Should, like I should just trust them. And we keep allowing certain behaviors to continue and continue and continue and repeat themselves. And so like you, you can forgive someone, right? We can forgive someone and also hold them accountable for the behavior, like hold them responsible to their actions. I mean, it's no different than if we're parenting a child and, you know, they take the keys to the car and maybe they crash it or something happens. It's like they still, which is very fresh for me, that happened not too long ago. They're still responsible to the outcome, hopefully, right? Or do you just take care of everything for them and then there's no repercussions, right? So it's great to have remorse. It's great to ask for forgiveness. It's great to be graceful, uh, gracious and merciful and extend forgiveness while also letting that person like what what are the consequences of their behavior going to be 
if there are going to be any, and what are the boundaries? What are the standards going to be moving forward so that we can reestablish trust, right? So again, I'm going to use that analogy or that story of the car, but before I give you the keys to the car again, what do I get to see that shows me that you are now trustworthy, right? And this is not about holding something over someone's head and reminding them all the time of what they did wrong and why they can't do, you know, why they can't have access to the car, why they can't have access to you. Again, this is the do not do this is like, we don't need to keep bringing up the past and all of their mistakes and all of the reasons why they're incompetent and all of the reasons why they're not trustworthy. Because truly, if we're in that place, then we haven't honored the process and we haven't established boundaries and standards moving forward so that we can begin to open up and choose to trust in stages. I want to say that again, trust isn't like, oh, I snap your fingers. And then tomorrow I trust you. I know yesterday that thing just happened, but trust has to be rebuilt in phases and stages. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the details on that, but the question is really like, you're the only one that can determine what that is. But first of all, for both people, it's like, can I, do we have a safe zone here? Am I if I've been on the receiving end, do I feel like I can ask questions, right? Without defensiveness coming at me or attacks coming back, right? Have I accepted that the thing happened, right? Acceptance is a huge piece. And can I just accept that it is, accept that it happened? I'm not still here like blaming myself that it happened, wishing that it would have gone different, but can I just accept? And again, acceptance does not necessarily make it okay. Um, but it's an acceptance of what was like that these events happen, right? These facts took place. This, in, this is the raw information and the raw data. And now I can choose what meaning I give to it. And forgiveness is really the art of, of pouring that beautiful medicine of forgiveness that says, I'm not going to carry this poison inside of me anymore. I'm just going to lay it down. And I'm going to, I'm going to extend some grace because forgiveness is a gift, right? Forgiveness is a gift that is bestowed. People don't get it because they earned it. People don't get it because they prove themselves. You just, we forgive. And I'm sure everyone here has been forgiven for something. And if you're still always, you know, the one that made the mistake and you're constantly having to prove yourself to earn the forgiveness, there's no way that, you know, the healthy thriving relationship can, can come together again. So forgiveness is a gift that we receive. Forgiveness is a gift that we bestow. Acceptance is allowing us to clear the path to move forward. And ultimately though, trust um, is established over time if it's been broken. Now there's, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, trust by default kind of girl, but that comes with a lot of you know, I, I've trusted the wrong people in the past for sure. And I've had some poor discernment in the past. So it's something I'm definitely always cultivating is, you know, discerning whether or not this is a person or a situation or whatever that I can fully trust. But there are things that I'm looking for, right? That would establish that this deal, this agreement, this partnership is, is one where, where trust is the standard. So that, that is something that I want to move forward on. So as I, as I wrap this up, I just want to, you know, kind of say that if you are on the receiving end, we're here to also honor the process, right? Give yourself the time and the space, 
don't shove things down. Realize that the more you fight it, the more you try to stuff it down, the longer it's going to stick around, right? It's like putting a, a stinky fish in the closet. Like everyone knows it smells and everyone can smell it. So you're not hiding anything ultimately. And it's going to resurface. It's going to resurface as a trigger or and it's going to resurface as a volcanic eruption later on. So the more we can create a practice of purging, sharing, opening up. And I just want to say one final thing to this is that, you know, as you're doing this, it's really important that you get support. Both people get support, not only with each other, like you get to hold the space for each other and you're rebuilding it, but you can't be each other's therapists. You can't be each other's teachers in this process, right? So, um, and you can't necessarily be each other's best friend in this process, right? Like you're in this stage of rebuilding. So make sure that you get yourself another place, another outlet for support, whether it's, you know, someone in a spiritual community, in your church, a coach, a mentor, a, a friend that you can really lean on and trust and just share. Because if you're the one that's trust has been broken, you're going to need a lot of processing, right? And um, if you're great at journaling and praying and all of that stuff, that's great. That can be a huge thing. But if you don't do that, um, it's really tough when you don't have anyone else to, to be there and, and to help you just to listen. Um, and likewise, if you're the one that, you know, did the heartbreaking or the breaking of the trust, you also need support because there's a lot of vulnerability here. So there's a lot of fear of, you know, what does it look like moving forward? Um, there might be some guilt, there might be some shame that gets to move through. So again, if you're working with a coach or a therapist or, you know, yes, and right, it's a combination of things, but who's in your corner? So I think I'm a big believer in having people in our corner that are trustworthy, that have been through the fire of refinement themselves, that hold wisdom, our wise counsel for us, um, friends, counselors, you know, coaches, community, all of these things. Like we need, we need people around us. We're humans. We need each other. So I wanted to make sure that I ended on that note. So I hope that this was, you know, some insight for you. Just remembering as we wrap that no matter who it is for all parties involved, that building trust, rebuilding trust is a process. And the key here is to keep our gaze on the now, like where we're going, keep your gaze forward, but stay in the now. The worst thing we can do is go backwards to relive the past. We can ask questions, but we want to stay in the present. We're not here to relive the situation over and over again. We're here to feel what we're feeling now, to move through what we're experiencing now, to ask questions so that we can have clarity now, but we keep our gaze, our vision on forward momentum. So what does it look like moving forward, right? What do we get to normalize? moving forward what is it going to be from this moment on instead of you've always done that or you did that in the past that is never helpful and that will definitely keep you in a loop of repeating the past so i'm going to leave you guys with that um, thought i think there was so much gold in this i hope that you listen to it once listen to it twice share it with a friend if somebody's going through something like this i'd love for you to share this and I just want to thank you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening uh, to the show. Thank you for leaving a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. If you haven't done so, make sure you're following. And um, I just want to encourage you, if you want to go deeper in this work um, with, you know, having somebody in your corner, if you guys are navigating, a, you know, 
betrayal or a divorce or a really challenging time in your life and you want to rebuild a thriving relationship from, from the uh, thriving relationship from the ashes of the past and you want to rebuild intimacy and you want to rebuild connection and you want to rebuild and build a new future right where you can become powerful co-creators that is exactly what i've created the initiation for it is a beautiful journey to you know from head to heart to unlock the power of the heart and really rise together as powerful co-creators so for more details on that, you can look at the link in the show notes, connect with Christine Jewell, and um, you can apply to work with me there. Until next time, you guys, thank you again for being here. Thank you for honoring the process. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.